Spirit of Peace, may we know your presence in beauty and wonder. Spirit of Peace, may we know your hope in truth and imagination. Spirit of Peace, may this time be yours in word and silence and in being here with all those gathered may we be a community of peace thank you once more for inviting us to be with you today we've been exploring what it means to be a church using six different themes the session decided a while back to be the lenses through which we gather as a faith community those being welcome, creativity, relationships, families, well-being and communication. In many ways, they all come down to one particular theme, one indeed the whole gospel centres on, and that is relationships. It's always about relationships. It really is. And we get them right and we get them wrong and none of us are experts, which makes relationships with and in and beyond the church, all the more interesting. Let us pray. Loving God, forgiving God, present with us here and now, may we find the words and the silences that speak in this moment. Enough words and silences to bring all we need to bring of the highs and the lows, the worries and the pleasures, the questions and the stories, the troubles and the joys, our fully human gifts, our fully human lives, our fully human stories. And may you hold them and love them, and breathe through them, that we might find new courage in the strength you offer, and the peace that is yours, and the hope that is always near. Loving gods, wherever we find ourselves and whatever we feel right now, may we trust this moment is held beyond all moments, in a love greater than everything, and is your gift to us. Hear us as we share together the global prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's always about relationships. 
Of course, relationships are dynamic and dysfunctional and glorious and creative and soul-destroying at times. We are human. And the wonders of the good news is that all these dynamics of relationships fill our holy book. Case in point is a letter to James. It's a book that has often been sidelined because of its focus on faithful action rather than just faithful belief. In this last chapter, however, a lot focuses on the dynamics of the relationships within the community of faith. James has found trouble there, but points the community towards a relationship of compassion, care, prayer, holding each other, making room in our words and prayers for our companions on the way, giving of self for them indeed. Faith in action. Prayer in action. James 5, from verse 13. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is, a, is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Perhaps the one word that defines everything about a gospel that is dynamic and multi-layered and both a challenge and a support is the word relationship. It is all and always about relationships. Yes, we talk about justice and forgiveness and about grace and love. These are the biggest words we have in our faith, but they mean little unless they are activated and they are activated in relationships. If we imagine our faith is only a personal relationship with God, are we in relationship with God at all? Because one of the big ideas at the centre of our faith is God as Trinity. Now that isn't biblical. It was created by the church to prevent believers slipping into heresy. But the picture that Trinity offers us is God in relationship. And if God's self is a relationship, then everything we say, do, believe, understand, is based in that relationship. We aren't individuals in the faith. We are a community of faith. Together, we make up the whole body of Christ. 
Our faith is found in relationship that is the dynamic of love and the focus of grace and the subject of forgiveness and the context of justice. One of the other things the church has created but isn't completely biblical is our creeds. And that terrible gap between born of the Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate. That massive gap that is basically all of Jesus' life. The bit about relationships, forgiveness, inclusion, justice, love. Completely missing from our creeds. The gospel is all about relationships. And the creeds mention none of that. But James's letter is the authentic article of the makeup of an authentic faith community, thinking about how we relate to each other in this group of people, experiencing and identifying with a variety of different emotions, needs, joys and concerns. But as a faith community, as a parish church, that relationship is broader than the people we know. We are in relationship with our parish. So what do we offer that relationship? What do we uniquely bring to our neighbours that others don't? James perhaps has some insight. Are any of you suffering? Well, they should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the leaders of the church and have them pray over them. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Prayer connects us with each other and looks into the future. And one of the gifts of a community of faith is optimism for the future. Yes, the church can get very bogged down in the present and it feels we are like that at the moment. But who we really are are people with a relationship with the future. If we trust the stories of resurrection, then what is resurrection other than a relationship with the future? We believe into the future. We bring hope. We pray towards it. We trust beyond the present. We have words for tomorrow and stories are plenty to shape it. Our faith is a relationship. We are people of faith, but we have a faith in people. We believe every neighbour is a gift to every other neighbour, each uniquely seeing the world through their life experience, through listening and forgiving and walking with each other. People change, we change, and grow and find new ways to live, explore God, love each other, and share life. As an epilogue to the theme of relationships, I don't imagine a lot will disagree with what has just been said. So what might church look like if we take some of these ideas to their logical conclusion? In 2016, Fuller Youth Institute released a study that looked at churches that were managing to hold on to their young people. And one of the key reasons they found was warm intergenerational relationships. They found that involving young people with every ministry allowed these churches to thrive with authentic and intergenerational relationships. 
Darren Phillips, who works for the Church of Scotland, has explored the whole idea of intergenerational relationships. And I'm not going to do his research justice here, but just one or two thoughts. Children spend a short time in worship before leaving to take part in educational activities in the Sunday school. The church segregates the ages where the adults worship and the children are taught. It means the relationships we have with our children are educational and one way, adult to child, where that relationship is a tool to influence what children believe, do and understand. But Jesus, as Bonhoeffer was famous for saying, is a person whose presence is to be experienced rather than a mere object of knowledge. Thus, for the sake of healthy relationships in the church with each generation, ought we move from an age segregated to an intergenerational mindset? And stretching that a little more, what if first and foremost we simply offer worship for everyone? Maybe closer to a 930 model in summer that keeps people together and is, and is intergenerational and stop Sunday school altogether. And then following worship, we offer learning for all ages, closer to the Streams project we tried a few years ago, offering a choice of a traditional sermon style, a discussion with an expert, a Bible study, and an activity-based event, each based on the same theme, but explored in different styles, depending on how different generations learn. These have all been tried before, but never taken to their logical conclusion. And I'm intrigued as to what that would look like if we actually changed how we did church and created a model that invested in our relationships, authentic intergenerational relationships. Thank you once more for your company today. We can continue to keep company on the website at nkchurch.org.uk where you will find all our activities. The bulletin can be downloaded from there or you can subscribe to it. The subscribe button is on the front page of the, the website. Um, we also have various activities warming up now. The quiz night is back, but on a Monday, that starts on Monday the 27th at 7 o'clock. You can log in from the bulletin because all the details will be in there for that. And then we have our coffee pot, which begins on the 1st of October. That's at 10.30 on a Friday. Again, the login details will be in the bulletin. And Sofa Surfers is beginning soon as well. So keep an eye out for all of these things. Next week is Harvest and we have various Harvest appeals, projects, activities, all in the bulletin. Um, and there also you'll find activities linked with COP26, which will take you to the website and our expanding page there of all environmental activities that we are engaging with. So thank you for your company. Let's draw these activities together with the concerns of the world in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Creator God, here we pause and let the world speak. We hold back the words and listen to her. 
to the people of Afghanistan, to Syria and Yemen, to creation's groaning with what we have done, to the poor becoming poorer and the rich richer, to power being an economy that allows corruption and tyranny. And as we hear the world and the voices of so many so silent for so long, may we change our relationship with the world, with each other, with creation. Maybe let vaccines become a gift. The environment, a shared beauty. Politics, the art of doing what is right. And faith, the reason for it all. Creator God's Hold all whom we love, family and friends, those ill and those recovering, those anxious and overwhelmed, those physically ill, those mentally ill, and hear them. And call us to live towards each other. In the name of peace and the way of love. So be it. Amen. Go in peace. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.